Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hegelbot on Twitter, and I'm here with uh, multiple uh, award-winning, that's always what follows multiple, uh, multiple guests uh, on the show and, and, and good friend of the show. Uh, Mr. Mark Normandon is back uh, of, of many places you've probably read, Mark. Uh, currently, I think the place you'd probably see him most is a baseball prospectus, but uh you know all over the place wherever wherever good writing is oh and on his uh your newsletter is also probably where they'd see you i mean i hope so you people should subscribe subscribe to my newsletter and then yeah you should you should uh you should plug that several times today yeah. now i ha- i don't think i've won an award um did you to, not win i know you were up for a uh were you up for like a saber award i was for the first time i was nominated which is awesome i didn't expect to win um I didn't expect to be nominated, so that was cool. And then I saw who I was nominated against, and I was like, oh, oh shit, I'm not going to win. But this is awesome to, like, lose to these people. Who were you nominated against? Like, uh, were you nominated against, uh, like, the ghost of, um, i trying to think of, like, a big deal sports writer who died. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all offensive. I can't, I can't think of a good one. Um, <laughs> um, it was daunting. I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm screwed, but I got nominated. That's, that's really what I wanted. Um, that makes sense. I, I I can understand that. Does winning a Japanese game show that is a trivia, a baseball trivia show, count as winning an award? Were you wait? So were you in Japan when you won this? No, they filmed. Um, they filmed in New York with um, with American uh, baseball uh, writers like John Thorne was there. Stephen Golden was there. Uh, Weird. Yeah, I was like I don't know, twenty four, and like that's where I met John Thorne and uh-huh. gained his respect because I won, won this baseball trivia thing, and it was like, oh damn, huh? Uh, yeah, that counts. Yeah, you definitely won that. You also won the ability to grow peppers, and uh, as I recall, you made a deck. I did, I did, but that has gotten uh, now. Anytime I'm like, wow, that sounds difficult. Uh, my wife is just like, you built a deck. See yeah, that's like, yeah that's a curse. Uh, yeah. That's like if if she's like uh, I had this project. You're like, well, I gotta think about that for a while. It's like you didn't have to think about the deck very long. Jeez. Ah, yeah. yeah well, I, that's that's true. I didn't. Did I? <laughs> she's right though. She's right. Um. Yeah. Well, in case she listens to it, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, because she's right. I mean, she'll probably listen to this later because I'll be like, hey, come is, listen to this. Yeah. No. It's, but but that's not the reason you'd say that. Uh, you just say it because it's true. You like telling the truth. Um, well, Mark, uh, you're here today to talk about a game that I, I honestly have to say I'm, I'm learning to love. It's, it's something I'm enjoying, but um, it's also something that escapes me a little bit. Uh, there was a dumb article written about it today, so we can talk about that if you'd like to. Or not today, but recently. We can talk about that if you'd like to. Uh, I mean, but, that, that article kind of feels like punching down. So Really? I don't really... Feels like punching down to make fun of the business insider person. Uh, oh no, was there a different one? Wasn't that the one about? Uh, wasn't that business insider that was like the uh, you you babies should just be playing Stardew Valley instead? Oh no, that that's the one that I'm saying is like punching down. I, it's funny. I like I like that writer's work in general, and I'm oh, like, well, 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 I follow yeah, them on we, Twitter. But I'm like, this is okay. This let's is, not let's not do it. Then this is <laughs> a bad concept. It's like you not liking the game is not the same thing as it sucking. Yeah, I think that. Um, I won't get too ahead of myself because I have some complicated opinions about about Animal Crossing. I just don't think I get it yet. Uh, um, I did just open up the shop, so I'm going slow on it because 
we're in a pandemic and all I do is watch children. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can't relate, but um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk let's talk a little bit about uh, Animal Crossing. So you're you're pretty uh, you're pretty invested in the series. I'm to understand. Uh, yeah, I. Um it wasn't the original, I guess, in uh, in North America because the original was uh, in Japan was on the Nintendo sixty four. Oh, there and, was one on the Nintendo sixty four in Japan. That's yeah, and I don't. I'm like I love Animal Crossing. I've been playing since the GameCube one in two thousand one or two, mm-hmm. um, but I also don't remember what it was called. What it's called in Japan? I'm not that level of like. I'm not going to pronounce not that it now and like Crossing, spell it yeah. out. And, no, I love Animal Crossing so much. An Animal Crossing song played at our wedding. Like it's okay. We're, I, I got some cred. Okay. But, no, no. Uh, I mean, no one's going to doubt that you love Animal Crossing. I think that's <laughs> good. No one's going to be. No one's going to be adding me saying like this guy's a poser. <laughs> no, I've played a considerable considerable amount, and like before. So it's interesting, you know. It was one of the like second tier Nintendo series for a long mm-hmm. time, which is still a very successful series. But it was on that same level of, as like, um, like Pikmin. You know, it wasn't a Zelda. Yeah, okay. It wasn't a Mario. It was. That's true. Like a, yeah, I was about to. I was about to see. I was about to say otherwise, and then like it. One hundred percent is. Um, it's one hundred percent like Pikmin. That actually, or was at, in the GameCube days. Yeah, now even it's, something um, like F Zero kind of occupies that world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's like with New Leaf, the one that was on the 3DS, in the mm-hmm. same way that um, Awakening on the 3DS really propelled Fire Emblem to just like yes. become a thing, and not just a thing that like. I was playing. I know. mean, let's be clear. The thing that actually propelled Fire Emblem into being a thing, and we can, we can argue about this too, I suppose, but the thing that propelled Fire Emblem into being a thing was Smash. Oh, I thought it was the horniness. I mean, yes, but I think the horniness started in Smash. Maybe. I mean, Roy and Marth, <laughs> basically people being like, oh, what series are these cool guys from? Uh, that's what, I think that's what made a lot of people anyway it doesn't matter this isn't a fire emblem <laughs> podcast um it could be not that uh, can't be i've never played any of them oh uh, oh boy I, well i know uh, also uh, so andrew who is my co-host on uh, on uh, no wall scroll uh shamefacedly uh will like just play any fire emblem that comes out he, he said to me when uh when the uh, three kingdoms came out he's like well i'm definitely gonna play this whole fire emblem i'm not gonna i don't know if i'm gonna like it or not it's like you know whatever but I'm totally going to play it, like, back to front very quickly. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, enjoy. Uh, it looks good. They look like fine games. I've, never, I've just never gotten around to them. Um, so we can't talk about those. But we can talk about Animal Crossing. So uh, what was your point about uh, – I, I cut you off. What was your point about the – So when New Leaf came out on the 3DS, that kind of – even though the 3DS didn't uh, have, like, the sales numbers of the DS – um, yeah, it was still a, like a very successful system and the game did really well. And I think it hit at the right time with, you know, being able to share on social media the way that, um, closer to, you know, like what things are like now. So, uh, it like moved the series into the present day just enough to really kind of make the leap in the same way that Awakening did for Fire Emblem. So now you okay. know, people have been waiting for New Horizons forever. Like when the Switch was announced, one of the first things people were thinking about is, when is an Animal Crossing game going to come out? Which is like a far cry from, you know, where their series was before. Because it had its, yeah. it's had its like devoted fans, but now it's like, it's a staple. It's not, nothing is Mario and nothing is Zelda for any system. Well, what about Mario and Zelda? <laughs> I, was, I got you there. <laughs> I was on this podcast to talk about Zelda with you. <laughs> well, um, makes It honestly makes the error even more regrettable. <laughs> um, 
so you know nothing is at that level obviously but like right. it's it's out of that like pikmin tier and i you know i love pikmin so much but i think oh it's yeah no but i know what you mean it's like it's not it's not a particularly like it's not a, it's not an a level it's not an a-lister game yeah it's probably it's probably at least hit that like metroid fire emblem tier now though where everyone is like waiting for the next one and loves it and it will be praised yeah for sure for yeah. sure um, Except for by Business Insider. Well, Business Insider's not a big fan. There are people who aren't a big fan. Like, I've seen people, and I mean, we'll, we'll end up talking about this because it's one of the focuses we were going to cover today. But, like, I've seen people, I saw the tweet where someone was like, are you seriously getting into a game where, are you? Are all of y'all seriously playing a game where you are in debt? Um, like, what are you doing with your life kind of thing? Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I, I know it's a bad take, but I, I don't even <laughs> know the person who said it, so I can't. I mean, who knows who it was? It might have it might have been someone who, like, you know, had a good reason for saying it. I don't know, but the, you know, there are people out there who aren't big fans or who have issues with the game. But you're right. Like for the most part, this has been essentially the the feel good game for a lot of people of the um, of the pandemic. I um, I realized, and I think I talked I talked about it on an episode a while ago, um, uh, but like. You know, I noticed like when I was trying just to like get by day by day in like the early days of the pandemic where it was like just very like even more stressful than currently because it was just all, you know, like, well, what's going to happen? When is this just a two week thing? Is it longer? Are the kids going back to like all that stuff? Um, the the thing I just did was I played this gotcha game called Arknights and uh, eventually I was like, listen, like if if I'm playing this game a lot or if I you know, throw $10 at this game or something like that. That doesn't make me a bad person. I just need something to get through this. Um, and even though there's like not a lot of value to it outside of it being fun. Um, I feel like animal crossing is the same way in some ways. I don't mean to say it has no value. I'm just saying like, there's a, there's a quality to it where people just are flocking to it because it's a thing that in a rough time makes them feel good. Um, and it doesn't seem to be more complicated than that. It's like, it's just like, I like that you can be fashion. I like that you can do fashion. I like that I can decorate my island. Um, and I like that I do not have to think about everything going on in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing's always been a game that's, um, you know, you, you are like, you've moved out of your parents' place and you are like starting your life over in this new place. And, you know, the, the, like, the way things work after that changes depending on the game uh, you're playing. <laughs> you know, you right. don't always move into an island or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's about, like, oh, getting to know your neighbors and interacting with your neighbors and discovering, like, the fun things about where you're living and customizing it. And, you know, uh, it's not just, like, paying a raccoon uh, this really exploitative uh, rent. We're going to end up talking about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I have, it, I, that is part I think, of it. I think current Tom Nook is a little uh, a little over-vilified. <laughs> That's because I remember what it was like, and I know how he got to this life of ease on an island. Oh, so All you right. think you're arguing that there's a – so today you're going to be arguing that there's a strong continuity of Tom Nooks. There is. He's the central – his journey <laughs> is the central arc of the se- – like this is – you know, it's um, it measures how Animal Crossing goes. It, the 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 gameplay changes, and the um, what your focus is changes depending essentially on what Tom Nook's current position in the world is. A position As goes he has Tom Nook, so goes Animal Crossing. Yes. is what you're telling me. 
And he, you know, he's only gained his position by, you know, exploiting everyone else and stepping on their backs. It's no big deal. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's examine that uh, <laughs> as we go along. So, but no, I think you're right. Like there is, there's a quality to these games that is not. It's not about. Um, it's not strictly about like, you know, I gotta pay off this debt or like I gotta. I, I'll put it this way: like, it's easier to believe that this game is about sort of more than just collecting things and paying off money. Then even a game like um, that I that I think is more is about more than this too, but it's harder to say. Like, um, uh, oh god, what's that game called? Why am I uh, like a Reseteer? I don't know if you played Reseteer, but um, the it's basically a game where you own an item shop and you have to pay off a debt because you just sort of like end up owning this item shop and you're in debt to your partner who's a fairy, and like you have to go into dungeons with adventurers and collect items and then sell them for good prices. It's a great game. Um, it's very fun. Uh, but it's tough to explain why it w- it would be fun because it just is like well you own a, a shop and you have to be stressed about paying off your rent to a uh, to like a, a fairly demanding debtor <laughs> like I think that's tough to explain to people and I can understand why it's tough to explain to people with Animal Crossing the way you, you sort of explained it like the point isn't you know oh be sure to pay off your debt it's you know make money in order to customize these places and like make them your own. Yeah, at this point, I've had more luck convincing people to play Animal Crossing by being like, I've been playing this series for almost 20 years now. Like, I'm doing it for a reason. Like, mm. just play. Like, it's hard to it's hard to explain, but you're going to play it, you're going to be charmed, and then you're going to go, oh, yeah, this rules. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And some games are like that. They're hard to explain. Um, but the one you were just describing reminded me kind of of, of Rune Factory, which was both, like, a roguelike and Harvest Moon at the same time. Mm. You know? Yes, you yes, have to. I have I have Rune Factory, three or four, um, I can't remember, but uh, they're they can be intense. Yeah, but if you try and explain something like that to someone, where you're like, well, you own a farm, but also you go uh, dungeon crawling, it's like okay. <laughs> I mean, it's the same Why? with Stardew, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Where like, oh, there's a mining area, and the mining is all about you going into this dungeon and just making sure that you. Uh, kill enough enemies and get enough treasure yeah i mean this isn't not to disparage it but like this isn't like farming simulator or whatever like you know there's there's a lot of like nuance and layers to it and you can play it you can play it more than one way um and you can play it socially uh i mean if you play you go back and play the gamecube one you know people played it and played it and played it and you just like were pen pals with a cat you know yeah like I will say, like, there was a there was a clear reason I did not. Um, there was a clear reason that I did not uh, play in, in my own mind why I did not play uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> the reason was, I will I will reveal the reason. Um, I knew that if you left your town for a while and didn't respond to like your friends who are sending you mail or come back and stuff, that you'd come back to like a, a horrible town that was like, why are you? Why did you leave us? Why did you leave us alone? Like now we're wretched without you. That freaked me out too much. It's very stressful, but it's um, you know, you just you play, and then you try and put the game out of your mind at the moment you were not going to be playing all the time anymore, mm-hmm. and then you trade it in and forget that it existed and wait for the new one, so that uh, you, that seems nice. So that you could depress another town of people you would eventually abandon. I mean, the nice thing about the island in in New Horizon seems like they they're going to be okay without you. Like Will they? Huh? Will they? 
Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they're all just like doing their own thing. I've been, I've been a, fa- a fairly absentee owner of my uh, absentee mayor of my island, and like, I will say, most people are just like totally happy. Like, I had houses before I did. They were just like, they were chilling. They were like, hey, I'm looking for some bugs. This place is full of bugs. I think they'll be fine when I leave. I hope so. I really I think do. they'll be okay. I like you know you you end up really liking the characters and interacting oh, yeah. with them and remembering their catchphrases and sending them letters and gifts and it's like I think this will fit their style because I've spent enough time with them to learn what that is um, and in a time I you know I love that anyway but you know in a time where we can't do that <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. I think it's especially like hitting the right spot for people where they're like oh, I still can socialize. Yeah, no, that's true. And, like, especially, like, the the kind of feeling of socialization that happens when you visit someone's island, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll visit, I'll be there in, like, ten minutes, uh, like, one, once I can log on, and, like, I'll give you some, some cool, uh, like, fruits from my island. Um, like, that's very much, like, a, like, it feels super social in, like, a fun way. Like, oh, you know, like, this is just, like, this is just, like, the way it is to hang out with friends. I'm just hanging out with my friends right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of that happening. You know, it's not a Zoom meeting, which uh, feels nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Zoom meetings have been helpful and all. Um, and you know, thank you, thank you, uh, Chairman G, for your for your wonderful technology. But um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like the 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 idea of doing this without like having to constantly say like, isn't it great that zoom keeps us uh, connected is very cool. Like yeah. I love the fact that it's not a, a thing where I constantly have to acknowledge like, Ooh, I'm being connected. Uh, it just feels good. <laughs> and then it ends. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know that like, that's what happens at every zoom meeting. People are just like, yeah. it's oh, so man. great that we we can stay connected. It's like, yeah, it is. We can talk about something else though. <laughs> It's okay. We can totally just like change the subject. Zoom is going to pull their sponsorship of this podcast. Oh, I, listen. If Zoom wants to sponsor this podcast, I'll take back the ironic comment about uh, Xi Jinping and make it a full throated com- full throated uh, support of the uh, lovely uh, Chinese government and Xi Jinping thought. Wow, Tom Nook would love your lack of values and love of money. <laughs> That's right. Um, so let's talk about Tom Nook. So in this game. My my defense of Tom Nook is that he gives you basically lets you move on the island and you can build your house or whatever. And then he says, like, oh, hey, here's an interest free loan. Uh, don't worry about paying it back at any point. Like, you know, I just have the money right now and you don't. So, like, listen, like, I'll even make it pretty easy for you to get the money. Like, you can log into this app I made and, like, it'll give you money for showing up. Like, you'll just get money for logging on. Um, you can like all these miles can turn into bells and uh, you know, the bells are easy to find. They grow underground and there's no deadline. So like when I saw this as my first animal crossing, I was like, now hang on. This guy is not a mean landlord. He's just like some guy with a, like, I mean, maybe he has too much money, like, uh, like a lot of people. But like, if we're imagining a version of the world that is socialist, that can kind of exist in our current world, uh, a very rich person giving interest free loans is not incredibly far off like interest-free loans are far better than predatory loans oh okay so in the first animal crossing game uh 
Tom, you go, you're hooked up with Tom Nook, who is like a struggling retail store owner in this town. Okay. And he also owns these houses that he like can't sell because it's just some small town. Um, so he kind of under the guise of like giving you the house, uh, which it's like a crap house. There's, there's nothing. It's essentially a room, you know? Okay. And then he's like, oh, well, uh, yeah. So the final price for this is going to be like this. Ex- you have a thousand bells on you. And he's like, yeah, it's 19,800 bells. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you don't have that. Okay. Well, I guess you're just going to be my indentured servant. Huh. So you work at the store now, and like there's no backing out. You know, there's no backing out of it. Oh, okay. He garnishes your wages. He uh, takes money off of what he would have paid you for the task, um, and it's just like ah, you took too long. And it's like no matter how much time you took to do it, you know, you took too long. Uh, hmm. So you end up paying back almost none of it while you do this job, and you literally do everything he had to do for work while he does nothing. And then he's like, well, I don't have any more work for you, so I guess you just owe me the rest of the money. <laughs> and it's like, there's no deadline on it, but it's like you're in this house and you have this debt hanging over you. Hmm. And you're living in this house that's impossible to live in. You have uh, the housing association sends you letters every day that's like, your house is a huge piece of shit and you should feel bad about it. Wow. Um, yeah, because it's like your house is too small. You can't do anything useful in it. It's crap. So did they change this because it was too intense? Like what? 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 When did when did it become Tom Nook of the, of the island? Because that is a very different Tom Nook than you're describing. Well, see, I think over time, this is my theory. You know, so you this 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 like your your theory your theory crafting in terms of like canon here. I'm yeah, but this okay. is like this all makes sense in like a kind of a logical progression of the series and how Tom Nook's behavior has changed a little bit. Listen, has anyone changed. listening, Marcus thought about this a lot. I have. Uh, Tom Nook hasn't changed so much. It's just like the presentation of his ideas, his ideas and ideals has changed. Um, so he was so he was so blatant with this early on because he was a struggling businessman, um, and eventually he finds like you do all these things to improve the island, and the way to improve the island uh, at this point usually comes from like buying things from his store, uh, trees, plants, tools to deal with all this. You sell him all the stuff that you scavenge, which he turns around and makes a profit off of because he's not paying you nearly enough for them, you know. Um, you so mean you in, in previous games or in this game? Uh, in previous games, but also in this game. Um, uh, not not if you sell well, hold, weeds. Hold on, hold on. Okay. So all right. because of all the business you have done at his store, he is able to upgrade it from this little shack to like a, essentially like a 7-Eleven type setup. Yeah, and he gets more and more inventory and more expensive items and bigger items. So you keep buying all those things to uh, to fill your house and to improve the island further. So he gets to upgrade his store again, you know, because you keep spending all this money. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, your house is your house is getting bigger, and there are interest free loans, and there's no deadline. Uh, but you are doing all of the just like in the first twenty minutes of the game where he has you do everything that he's supposed to do <laughs> and doesn't give you the full value of it. Like, that is an encapsulation of everything that you are doing. Okay. You completely right. revitalize this town, and you make him an extremely rich man in the process. Yes, you've got your bigger house, uh, but you worked way too hard to get it. You've now filled it with all of the stuff that you feel compelled to fill it with, because what else is there to do? Um, you're basically like afflicted with consumerism and your quest to improve this town in your in your house in your home, and Nook uh, thrives off of all of it. So let me ask you a question. Um, 
you say that uh, you know you have nothing else to do, right? Like you like what is that? What else is there to do but then buy stuff? It, this is this is not meant to be a gotcha question or a question that makes fun of Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. But uh, what is the appeal of Animal Crossing it, to you if the only thing you have to do on the island is buy stuff? I think there just comes a point in Animal Crossing where you know you finally got this bit. You've like upgraded your house as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you've established relationships with these other people. You fill the house with all this weird furniture or themed furniture, and then you're just kind of like, "Why am I doing this?" <laughs> and it's it's not it doesn't make the time you spent with it uh, like wasted or anything like that. Like you enjoyed yourself, but it's, you just kind of get to this point. You're like, "Why have I amassed all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Why was I so obsessed with like fattening my bank account?" Hmm. Well, you know, it's and it, you're just kind of like an empty consumerism, and then you're like, "Well, okay, I'm done," and then. You know, five years passes and another Animal Crossing comes out, and you're like, "I'm going to do this again." <laughs> time, time for my next Animal Crossing. I know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I hope I never have to ask myself why. Uh, so, but so Nook uh, eventually progresses through the series to, you know, in in this new one, he's got Nook Inc. It's like a corporate thing now. He's got the money to buy deserted islands and then have you renovate them and turn them into these giant tourist destinations. Mm-hmm. That he's again pulling all this money from, he's able to he's able to grab islands for you to visit and just deplete of their resources, and bring them back to this island to benefit. You know, and it does, does the world of Animal Crossing in your mind? Um, and I promise I have a more substantive question, not just your canon theories, but I am no, interested fine. in your canon theories. Um, to you, or in your in your world of Animal Crossing. Does the does the natural order of Animal Crossing work the same way that uh, the real world does? Which is to say, can you deplete natural resources in Animal Crossing? Because it seems that you, at least on your island, they just keep coming back. I mean, if you if you do not plant trees and you just get rid of the trees and you pull up all the flowers, like yeah, you can turn it into like a wasteland that's um, like just full of tarantulas. And, and you'll, nothing. And that's else. cool, right? Well, the tarantulas hunt you down and bite you and knock you unconscious. Mm-hmm. So, maybe. as payback, yes, for what you did to the island. Yeah, uh, essentially, you can create a situation where no, nothing can spawn or live besides tarantulas, and then they hunt you down. Huh. If they see you from a distance, they come chasing after you. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> it, the game punishes you in a lot of ways, where it's like, oh, the trees are gone, the flowers are gone, nothing lives here. Hmm. You did this. <laughs> so. I guess, like, the question, I, I have two questions here, and the one's frivolous, and the next one is not. Um, so the frivolous one is, aren't you the bad guy of the game, then, instead of Tom Nook? Like, Tom Nook is definitely the bad guy of the game, but you're basically the the arm of capital just, like, going around and doing these things only to build up money for yourself. Like, there's no, there's no greater good here. You're just chopping down trees and creating tarantula islands because you think it might get you a better, uh, you know, chase lounge. Yeah, I mean, if you play it that way, and I think more in past games, uh, like from last decade, not so much the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to beautify the town um, to get uh, to make sure that like the the town is recognized as as being a, like a good place to live, because then more people move there, and there are more people to inter- interact with. And um, so you're you're beautifying the town, and you're making it uh, more appealing for more people to move there. And that's more people for you to interact with. So like you're growing the community and you're making the beautifying the town. But 
so there are, there are ways where you can be the bad guy, sure. Um, um, I mean, you are enriching Tom Nook, but it's also kind of out of your hands in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, what is there to do besides enrich Tom Nook? Well, if yeah, you as did, you've said, there's not there's nothing. Yeah, it's like the game made it, the series made it clear to you in the first twenty minutes you were playing that like you are under his thumb and everything you do is for him. Okay, even if it's for you, he is going to benefit from it. So that's how you get from this like failing businessman in his little shack uh, store to guy sitting around in a Hawaiian shirt all day telling you how useful and hardworking he is. Um, <laughs> And then you realize he doesn't do anything. I don't know if you've gotten to the part in the game yet where you can build like bridges and inclines and things like that. Not yet, no. So this is this is how it works. Tom Nook goes, "Oh, I'm in charge of uh, improvements on the island." Okay. Uh, now improvements work by you telling me you want to build a bridge, and then I say, "What kind of bridge?" And you say, "You know, I, oh, I want a stone bridge." So he hands you a kit, and you go and you go find out where the bridge is going to be. And then one of his construction buddies from back in the day shows up and starts taking donations for this bridge that you have to pay for. All Tom Nick did, all Tom Nook did was sit at his desk and hand you this kit and again get enriched by like the store his children are running where they're not paying you enough for what, you know, they're they're selling these things for way more than what you're getting them for and okay. uh, what you're getting for them. So like he's just at the part, of course he's in a great mood and he seems so benevolent at this point in his life. Cause he's like, dude, I bought an Island. Like I'm great. I bought an Island that you are building for me while I sit here and do nothing. The second his children move out of the, um, the resident center tent mm-hmm. and build the actual shop. The first thing Tom Nook does is uh, a golf bag appears with, a little, <laughs> with a little putt set. Uh, so whenever you see Tom Nook, he's like reading a book. He's standing around reading a book and he's standing next to a little putt set in his golf bag. Um, He's living the dream. Yeah, but it's all you're doing it for him. Hmm. So I know people say, and I mean, you mentioned it, like, well, Tom, you know, this seems like benevolent, like he's giving you stuff. At this point, having played the series for this long, anything Tom Nook does for you that seems good is a better deal for him. Okay. (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. I I will ask this, okay? So one of the, so that article that we are going to end up talking about today uh, but they came out that was kind of a hot take was that uh, Animal Crossing was bad and sort of a, a pale uh, reflection of a game called Stardew Valley, which is more of a I would say Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. My personal opinion are they are very different games. Uh, Stardew Valley is a game where you are basically a farmer. It's a farming simulator and you are and a dating simulator and you're basically this farmer. Your grandfather's given you a farm and you have to kind of. Uh, curate it and, and and make sure it grows and you sell your stuff and you try and make friends with people in the town. Uh, but the town's already there. Everything about this thing, like you're not building the town. You're kind of organizing your farm. Um, but it also is very, very capitalist insofar as, or capitalist uh, driven insofar as the, um, insofar as the, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, oh, I totally lost my, Oh yeah. 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 So, um, you know, like Animal Crossing's capitalist insofar as like uh, you are paying money to a landlord. Um, uh, Stardew Valley's got capitalist insofar as you are trying to get constantly more efficient in order to get more money, in order to buy more things, in order to produce more things, in order to, you know, 
get stuff for the museum for the town, but also in order to get better things that are more efficient that'll make you more money. It's there's a there's a real surplus labor value thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of these games are very very entrenched in a sort of like a capitalist logic. Is this kind of game where you are kind of existing in this community and building the community and having fun with it and stuff like that? Is this game is this kind of game possible uh, without um, capitalism? Is capitalism the thing that allows this game to exist? I mean, I feel like I feel like the capitalist aspects of Animal Crossing are not things that they're like highlighting for their inherent goodness. Uh-huh. For instance, I do think there's kind of a consumer, like, even though these are the things you do in the game, like I talked about where, you know, you get to a point where you're like, why the hell am I doing this? <laughs> um, and the fact that, they, you know, Nook used to be so overtly just a capitalist asshole. Um, I do think the games have a consumerist critique, an anti-capitalist critique, you know. Um, they're not like explicit, explicit, but, you know, as far as video games go, especially one from one of the biggest video game companies in the world. Like, right. You know, um, I don't know there are times where animal crossing is more committed to its message than I think the outer worlds was. Okay. Um, I buy that. For instance, you know, I, I feel like there's less waffling. Um, uh, you know, like, you know where they stand. Nook is, Nook's not really the good guy. If you're looking to find who the, the bad guy is, I guess. Um, Let's see. So, so is your position I, on Animal Crossing that, like, none of the stuff that Animal Crossing does with Tom Nook is earnest? It's all satire or a kind of, um, I mean, not all satire, but at least all of it is at least somewhat tongue-in-cheek. In the sense that it's, like, a rib on yeah. capitalism and capitalists? That, like, like, say, like, Tom Nook's supposed to be, like, kind of a funny character because he is like a capitalist and you, the player are supposed to be looking at this and saying like, hi, it's funny, but he really does show how bad the system is. Yeah. I do think there's kind of a, like a monopoly thing going on here. Mm. Um, and Tom Nook is the monopoly man. And I don't know, you're the battleship, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm the thimble. Oh, well that's fun. Very. Fun. Um, <laughs> um, I do think it's kind of like that where it's like, Oh, look at look at me accidentally embracing all of the terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. it's like, wait, this sucks. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, Not that no, anyone's saying Animal Crossing sucks, but you know what I mean. Like my friend, one of my friends complained to me. They're like, and this was kind of tongue in cheek by me, but he complained about how uh, in Animal Crossing when you customize something, you can only customize one at a time. You know, right? Oh, um, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. You, oh, you can't craft more than one thing at a time. Right. And you just craft it again and again, and it's like if it was easy. It wouldn't be a critique of capitalism. Come on. <laughs> but so, so, I mean, that's me taking it as, you know, I'm just, yeah, no, no, no. I'm having like, fun with that. But is there any way it could be more explicit in its critique? I mean, I would love to see a very explicit critique of capitalism. That'd be cool. Um, is that possible? Or is, are, are we, are we doomed to a kind of like implicit critique like this that could be misunderstood or misinterpreted, but in general, can also have fangs. Well, is there a point where you make it... It's just not fun to play. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, like uh, I always think of Desert Bus. Which, I mean, uh, Penn and Teller are kind of cringy at this point, but Desert Bus is a great idea where... Uh, you know Desert Bus, right? I don't, actually. Oh, okay. So, uh, Penn and Teller had these... Um, 
these uh, unreleased this unreleased Sega CD game, basically called you know like twelve Penn and Teller games or something. I don't know. Um, and the whole point of them was they were stupid games. Like they were all really terrible games. Um, again, back when Penn and Teller were a little more fun and a little less like yelling at you about SJWs and uh, atheism. <laughs> Um, one of the games was this game called Desert Bus. And so the idea of Desert Bus was uh, you are the protagonist and you drive a bus. And um, Desert Bus's objective was to drive um, an eight-hour bus route in real time, though. So, like, it was an amount, an amount of time. You could only go a certain speed. And the only thing you were supposed to do was you had to periodically tap the controller in order to keep your bus from going off the road. Um, <laughs> you couldn't drive it any more than that. It was in a straight line. It was in the desert. Um, and all you had to do was tap it periodically. You could not get some... You could not automate it. You could not... Fi- it was random enough that you couldn't, tri- you couldn't train a computer to do it. You had to sit there and play the game for eight hours. And then when you get to the end, the bus stops and then turns around and goes back the other way, and you have to do the route back. Um, so it's a the game that has no the least exciting Mad Max movie I have ever heard described. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, but it's a great idea for a game where it's like the game is just like a painful description of like how meaningless like a, a kind of like work just for money can be. Like, mm-hmm. this is my job. I drive one place, and then I drive back the other way. Um, that's so that's so crushing to think about like in those terms um uh, but like you know like uh now it got released like in a build uh, somewhere so people can play it and now there's like a charity where they try to play desert bus for like 36 hours or something like that and make a lot of money for people um but no one likes playing that game that's not a fun game to play and intentionally it is not a fun game to play mm-hmm. animal crossing is fun um, so why, like, why do you think Nintendo is trying to make, this is a silly question. Why do you <laughs> think Nintendo is trying to make a fun game as opposed to like a serious game? Do you think they're actually committed to, to like what you say to an anti-capitalist critique or is this just like something we're putting onto it? Which I mean, to be fair, if it's something we're just putting onto it, that's perfectly legitimate too. I mean, I don't think it's hard to believe. Think of Earthbound mm-hmm. and Mother, uh, Mother 3. I mean, those games were anti-capitalist, anti-consumerist. Um, I think Nintendo is a company that if whoever the creative director is, if they have a vision, like they, if, as long as the game is going to be good, um, like they're they're fine with it. Okay, you know, I'm not I'm not about to start talking about like Kirby being anti-capitalist or whatever. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's I'm not going to try and bring anything of that. But Kirby's you know, anti-monarchist. That's true. Insofar as he does not like King DDD. That's true. Although they do work together when they have to, but it's only when there's a threat from outside the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, at that point, then, like, you know, I imagine if aliens were going to kill the whole human race, probably I'd end up with some people, working with some people I don't much like either. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, would you... Or tricking them. <laughs> Wait, if we you can't give away the whole plan right now. Here's a question. If, if aliens <laughs> um, invaded the Earth, and the only way you could beat them... Was you had to join forces with Steve Bannon? Would you, would you do it to save the Earth and everyone on it, including that, your family? Is that an Earth worth saving? <laughs> it's a good question, and also exactly the question I'm asking. So go for it. Is it a, 
<laughs> no, you don't have to answer that question. Um, <laughs> Can I offer Steve Bannon to the alien? <laughs> well, that's a theory. Uh, I'm going to say, as your DM or as your GM, no. Uh, <sighs> yeah, the aliens do not want Steve Bannon. They just want you. The, they actually want nothing. But you and Steve Bannon each share a piece of the puzzle uh, that has been passed down through generations in order to defeat this foe. Uh, I guess it's better than working with Tom Nook. <laughs> wow. So do you it's, here's it's a serious not, question. It's just, Tom Nook you know. is like is like a world historical villain. <laughs> um I mean within video games. I don't want to put yeah, too much fine yeah. point out. Obviously he's not as bad as even like the most banal Steve Republican Jones. Republican senator because Republican senators are real. Uh and Tom Nook is a fictional character. <laughs> but um <laughs> In in terms of uh, in terms of uh, him being a fictional character, he is world historically bad to you. I don't know. What are we comparing this against? I play a lot of games where you have to kill God. So okay, yeah. What am I mean, I for sure. Against uh, well, <laughs> what about like? I mean, what about like some? What about some classic Nintendo villains like um, like uh, Ganon? Is he worse than Ganon? Hmm. Trying to remember if Ganon's done genocide. Uh, no, Ganon is more like Ganon and the Gerudo are more likely to have genocide committed against them. I That's would true. That's true. So if genocide is the bar, then, um, I, Ganon does not commit genocide. No, ge- typically not. Well, good for him. Well, he does kidnap women. That's true. But not for anything weird. Are we sure about that? <laughs> I think just like ritual sacrifice, you know, like. That's a little like, weird. Yeah, I it's mean, not, a little weird to ritually sacrifice a woman. Not in those games, as Amanda Marcotte says. It's not. Oh my god! If you if your boyfriend ritually sacrifices women, <sighs> uh, you know what he thinks, even though he tells you he's a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> you know the worst part about her tweets is that I remember she exists. I know. Really, I saw your tweet today so where you're bad. like, "Please, everyone, just mute this woman, so we do not have to remember that she's here." <laughs> Let the earth forget her. No one will. It'll never happen. Uh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, uh, no, 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 but like, uh, okay, so, okay, so how he's, about, not, he's not as bad as like Ridley. Okay. Is, is, so like, how about like the, the gang in final fight that kidnaps your girlfriend and threatens Hagar, or, yeah, Hagar, the mayor. Um, is that, is that a, are they worse? Is like the, the mad gear who, who hate law and order so much that they kidnap the mayor's daughter and uh, and you have to go, you know, street violence and and beat up a bunch of people just to get her back. Are they better or worse than Tom Nook? Hmm. I mean, I like their uh, fuck city hall mentality. Okay. Yeah. Well, so in, in, we got to give them that. In in final fight, uh, city hall is run by a um, an ex wrestler who uh, wears uh, suspenders and a white undershirt uh, to work. Ooh. Mm. I know it's tough to it's tough to vote uh. against Mayor. <laughs> okay, Tom Nook is worse than them. Okay, Tom. Okay, you know why? Because we've never seen Tom Nook's house, and I don't know how many young girls are like trapped in there. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's so. that's very reasonable. That's actually a very good point. Uh, the burden you, of proof is on Tom Nook's basement. I'll give you one more. Is Tom Nook worse than Sephiroth? Um, because I mean, uh, this, the, the Final Fantasy VII's in the news. I feel like this is something uh, the audience can get behind. Uh, you know, I've never heard Tom Nook complain about his mother. <laughs> yeah, Tom Nook seems like a good son. Yeah, I don't Takes know. Takes care of his, his nephews, good brother. 
<laughs> I mean, okay, he's definitely not worse than Kefka. Okay, he's going, not worse going, than going well, by he, the ge- going yeah, by the yeah. genocide scale. You're just looking for people who have given. It, I feel like <laughs> I feel like genocide is a bit of a cop out because. <laughs> Yes, obviously, I just, I know, if I they need, commit genocide, I, they are... I need some extremes. Okay, you know? all right, all right. Um, I need some extremes to measure against. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, the problem with Tom Nook, right? Like, in all seriousness, that's, like, he doesn't he doesn't do anything extreme in, in outside of, like, being extremely exploitative to you. He, yeah, no, he, he enriches himself at the expense of these the rubes that he meets, essentially. Like, he just finds some marks yeah. who are very high effort, willing to please... And he exploits them for everything that they're worth. And now he relaxes on a private island and tells you to make the private island better. Do you Uh, think that you got angrier at Tom Nook or Bernie Madoff? (laughs) I mean, hmm. So Bernie Madoff made the Mets look even worse. That is funny. Tom Nook never did that. Ooh. Tom Nook needs to really... Tom Nook needs to... um, Mess with the wheel ponds. See, that's what I'm saying. Tom Nook has lost his fastball. If you're telling me that he's this this evil guy, like I, I don't know, man. Like this seems like a David Price on the Red Sox kind of moment. Um, <laughs> no, I'm t- I'm just saying he's not he's not a everything he does is for him, and he's not like destroying the world or anything by himself. It's mm-hmm. just you know. So he's kind of a middle manager, is what you're telling me. I mean, yeah, he had some petite bourgeois vibes going on earlier, but now he's he now he has actually become. A member of the bourgeoisie. Okay. Yeah, because he owns he owns he owns property like that. Yes, that that totally makes sense. He's not that owning property is the only way to be part of the bourgeoisie. There's plenty of people who own property who are certainly not part of the bourgeoisie. But listen, um, the bank the bank owns my property. So yeah, same here. Uh, but the um, yeah, like he owns the kind of property that would make you. Uh, able to invest in that property and, and let it be a passive money maker. So that's uh, yeah, you're you're part of the bourgeoisie at that point. Yeah, and that automatically makes him terrible. So you know. Okay. <laughs> so do you think Tom Nook? And this is a serious question, not a, not a jokey one. Uh, but you can answer it in a jokey way. I don't care. Uh, is Tom Nook such a compelling villain for you because? He kind of represents the same thing that someone like uh, Willie Loman does in Death of a Salesman, it's like sort of like not a not a not a particularly unique uh, or like oh this this character stuck with me because no one has ever been like them uh, kind of villain, but because they are so quintessentially normal, like there's a there's a banality to Tom Nook that 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 bugs you. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you play a lot of games, you play a lot of video games where you end up having to go and kill God or whatever. Uh, obviously, there's like a level of like, we've all been there. There's some scale to that, you know, and it's like it just it hits a point in that game where it might have started. Um, okay, you, you know, you mentioned Sephiroth earlier, like that game really Final Fantasy VII is so much about like environmental issues and exploitation and, you know, like a resistance group fighting back against those things. Uh, but it's still in the end, like has you fighting this like magical one-winged angel um it's like taking on this other level of um kind of otherworldliness in order to like give it that real like i don't know give it the the rpg like gravitas it needs okay you know yeah, for in sure order to make it that game um animal crossing doesn't do that yeah you're right he's just like he's a normal dude and like you can see you can see tom nook in real people that you don't like and you can see 
real people you don't like in Tom Nook hmm. uh, in a way that a lot of other games don't uh, don't necessarily do. Uh, the Ace Attorney games occasionally do this, as over-the-top and cartoonish as they are. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, for sure. You know, they do manage to still, like, put real-world uh, injustice and issues and assholes <laughs> in there for you to be, uh, to like, be pitted against. Um, obviously heightened, um, but still not in a way like you would in a Final Fantasy VII, where you have to be like, well, also this guy, we could have just stuck with the environmental stuff, but also he is, you know... <laughs> He's the son uh, of he's Jehovah. A, he's a dark fallen angel now, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I get that. So does that make does that make Tom Nook a better villain for you or does it not enter into does it not factor into your understanding of what he is as a villain? I think it is part of the you know, he's not unique in a lot of ways because there's that like kind of not every man capacity but whatever the Nook equivalent of it is, whatever the that class equivalent of it is. Um but yeah, I think there's something compelling about that because how many video games do you get that have that situation? Um, I mean, I love um, I love Night in the Woods. Yeah. Um, like I didn't I didn't play it, but I watched my wife play like almost all of it. That's reasonable. I think it's a game um, you can watch. Yeah, you know, and it was it was great. And like I'll play it at some point myself. But you know, the the first time it was played, like I watched her play it, and it was great, and it was engrossing. But even that, which was so full of real world problems mm-hmm. kind of went to the like fantasy otherworldly realm uh it like went to that well ah, i see you didn't beat the game what did you oh you know what no no no. excuse me yes it's totally supernatural in the end it's not yes now you're which is fine like that's great and it's very kind of expected of video games to go that route though but like animal crossing doesn't really do that mm-hmm. and you don't beat it in the traditional sense either so yeah i think nook can be compelling uh for his uniqueness in that sense and you can't defeat him yeah, I was going to say, is that, does you know, that add to it that he just, like, lives on past the credits? Yeah, like, every time you every time you walk into that into, the, into his little place and he's sitting there with his golf bag and reading a fucking book instead of lifting a paw, you're just like, oh, this guy. Um, but, you know, you kind of you kind of succeed despite him, mm-hmm. even though it enriches him. Like, it, you were making the island better. You're making it better for this, this community that you've built up. Um, you're making it a more interesting place for your friends to come visit. And, yeah. uh, you know, so there's still a lot like you are doing for yourself. <laughs> you just like, you have to accept that you're going to help this guy and there's no way around it. Cause you know, he does, when you do pay off your debt for, and he's like, well, you know, if you want to keep living in your small trash house, <laughs> that's fine. We could be done with our little arrangement, but if you want me to extend you a line of credit so you can live in a real Big boy house. Oh, God. You know? Sure. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, if you were actually satisfied with the size of your house, you could stop. Right. But the, the, the renovations he's making aren't for that. And you keep collecting all this stuff, you know? And you need a place to put your stuff. And when you, have you don't enough, really you need have the stuff. stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're kind of trapped in this loop. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. What? I mean, like, so no that totally makes sense i guess like do you think there could be this sort of like banal or um ordinary kind of villain in a game that had a typical ending do you think you'd be Hmm. able to have a tom nook in a game that say like ended with you i don't know getting out of town or like 
buying your own house and saying, all right, I own this clear. I'm, I'm done forever. Like take an animal crossing, take the idea of an animal crossing with like a very discreet and clear ending. Could Tom Nook such as he is be in a game like that? That's a good question. And I like just saying, I don't know. Sounds like a cop out, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, I'm like thinking about, I mean, no one's tried it. Oh yeah, no, of course. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. It's like, wow, nobody's tried it. I don't know if it would work. Can (laughs) you do it? There are people much more suited to answer this question than me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I'm having one to my, no one's, no one from Nintendo is coming on this podcast. It's, they're very difficult to get. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, like it, I, I think like that's what's most interesting about this conversation for me, and I hadn't thought about it the way this way uh, until we talked. Like Tom Nook really does kind of represent this very weird. Um, I don't know. It's almost a battle with yourself and your own sense of like what it is to I don't know want something. Like I, that that's kind of a silly way to put it, but like you know you you get my my point where it's like. You know, mm-hmm. the idea of um, being totally committed to having a, a particular bauble or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is the, I mean, that's like, that's the real enemy in, in Animal Crossing that you can't ever beat until you're just like, all right, I'm done with the game. Um, and I mean, thank God you can't spend money on it because people would spend tons of money on it trying to get the particular bobble they liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyone's willing to do anything for Tom Nook to get that bobble. So in some ways, like, you know, after all, it was you and me kind of moment, right? Yeah, it's it's actually wild to see kind of real world problems replicated in the game on occasion uh, just because people can't help themselves. Yeah, so if if anyone listening is not familiar, there's a thing called the stock market, except it's stock like, you know, on a plant, S-T-A-L-K. That's cute. And, um, yeah, it's just friggin' hedge fund, hedge fund bullshit. You buy on a Sunday, and then during the week, the prices will fluctuate, and you sell at the moment that you think you're going to make the most profit. And yeah. people go nuts for this. Um, and it's not new. I, like, I've had some friends be like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. This came out during the pandemic. People have too much time on their hands, so they've, like, they're contributing to the spreadsheet that figured out the algorithm, and, like, people know who's... Uh, everyone who's in this project like knows whose island has the best prices and knows when to visit. So it creates lines and people leave tips. Um, <laughs> Jeez. They leave like monetary gifts for the, uh, you know, for having the moment to be able to come here. and Or like I, I've, seen, I've seen tips also be like, oh, I left you this piece of furniture or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some people have to like, they brought in bodyguards to like, like bouncers mm-hmm. to like patrol to make sure people are taking like one turn at a t- you know, they're taking their turn and they're leaving their tips that they're supposed to leave and all this stuff. That's crazy. So it's like, yeah, it's turned into this like real, <laughs> like a terrible reflection of reality in some ways. Um, huh. And it's just interesting to see like this thing that's supposed to be cutesy and give you an anxiety about fake money and a fake stock market. And it's just like risen to another level. But uh, I interrupted myself earlier. Uh, this isn't like a new thing that's happening just because people have time on their hands. Um, there are guides, if you look, you know, on message boards at GameFAQs or whatever. Um, game FAQs? Can you say GameFAQs? I always uh, say GameFAQs, yeah. GameFAQs, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's people who are like, let me tell you the secret to getting like 80 million bells over time. 
Um, and it's like, you have to do this and you have to pack your inventory exactly like this. And you need to spend at least like this much percentage of your, of your bells every time like this. And you need to put the bags, you know, um, must always have this much, this much cash on hand to do these transactions. Um, and they're also like, you know, if you know (laughs) the way you used to travel in the original GameCube version was, uh, you would put a save in your memory card, take your memory card out of the GameCube, go to your friend's. GameCube, put it in the uh, memory card B <laughs> slot. That's awesome. And then it would upload your character to that village, and like your friend would not be there at that time, but you could patrol their village and, and do this stuff. Um, take their specific fruit and bring it back to your village and all that. Um, do, but you could like buy turnips, sell turnips the same way there. Um, right. So you had people who were like still trying to game the system, the stock market, even then. And like going to your friend and going to your friend and physically visiting them to use their GameCube to go in and to get the turn up. So like, no, nothing's new. The technology is just easier and makes a little more Hamas hysteria. But this was that is isolated. Yeah. Um, So it's just like watching all of that happen and like kind of the (laughs) like fights that have broken out to the point that you need bouncers. I mean, it's it's crazy. And I've seen some of the lines and stuff like that. Like I, I guess like it. It's a weird game because, to me, because, like, I totally get, even after all of this, even if it's not, like, hit me like it's hit some people, I totally get why people enjoy these mm-hmm. games. Like, it's clear to me why they are fun and why they are, like, these wholesome games, even when they are not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so hard to, like, I imagine it's so, it would be very difficult if I was to ask you, like, you know, like, quantify very quickly like after all we've said about this what is good about these games like why why do you think these games are defensible and obviously i wouldn't ask that like i think you know that's you know they're about capitalism i mean uh, i can answer it oh <laughs> go, go ahead please so i mean the way i play it like i've accepted that these are that you know i can't defeat tom nook in the game like they're not going to let me stage a revolution even if i change all of my villagers catchphrases to comrade Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that I keep leaving things on the message board that say down with Nook and off with his head and we're going to guillotine Nook. And I do these things, by the way. Um, it doesn't It doesn't make any difference? Yeah, for some reason he doesn't leave the island in terror. I don't know why. That's weird. Yeah, um, someday. Future update. You're gonna Yeah, you're going to keep trying and, and eventually it's going to work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I. It's kind of like, just like real life where you just have to, in some ways, make make the best with it after you've made peace with like the current situation. Mm. So like, yeah, I am going to forge relationships with this cat in this bear, you know, like they're cool. I, I like, they make fun jokes. This frog, he likes lifting weights. He seems like a cool guy. Um, so you do that and you, you know, you do, I'm like, Oh, I get to plant gardens and I get to tend to these trees and I get to like really beautify this Island. And the new one even has, you know, you can really like blend, um, I'm one of those um, eco folks who I don't think you should uh, separate nature from people because people are part of nature and they should really be this blended thing. And oh, like, so you're I've not really a able- deep environmentalist, I, I'm to understand. <laughs> so I, I've I've been able to you know help design the island in a way where like these things are intermingled and the same, and we're respecting like the insects that are here and the fish and creating environment. You know, making sure their environments are like in. Uh, like, like working alongside where the village is instead of like being separate or cut down or, you know, erased and fully urbanized or whatever. So you're essentially like you're essentially turning this into 
uh, a simulator for creating a biome that you would find to be like sort of ideal. Yeah, I mean, Nook is there and he is in the way of me getting it exactly the way I want, which is good, but it's also like a motivator for me to do the best I can to make the, like, shape the island in the way that I would like to. Hmm. Um, so I still have, I don't know, there's plenty of motivation here. You're still, like, able to build this, like, literally build a community and, like, see your neighbors and interact with your neighbors and visit with them and visit with your friends and... You know, get cool music from KK Slider. Oh, like, I love getting the music from KK. I was legitimately excited that like KK Metal was on sale. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna put this in my skull radio and play it in my room with the skull print flooring and just blast KK Metal in that room 24 uh, seven. My wallpaper in that room is also a th- an ongoing thunderstorm. Oh, cool. So yeah, the room is extremely metal and it makes me very happy. Um, so I yeah I mean I guess what I'm what I'm hearing and, and uh, we're we're at an hour so I'll let you go but like you know what I'm hearing from you and it's something I never really thought about with in regards to Animal Crossing so I'm glad I'm glad we've gotten here and you said that is that like a lot of what the joy about Animal Crossing is is very much and I, now that I'm saying it out loud it's not like you know breaking news but like a lot of the the reason Animal Crossing has been so good for people is because. Like, actually, what's good about the game is what you bring to it. In that, like, if you just play the game as, like, with, like, a flat expectation of, like, okay, everything I need to know is in the game, then it's going to seem like a a very kind of, like, simple story about moving and uh, maybe meeting someone who's a little too pushy about loaning you money and their weird nephews, but then, like, decorating and picking fruit and visiting islands and stuff. It's, it's very simple and straightforward and it could be a little boring. If it is a story about you kind of changing this island, not just your character, but you, the person, into like what you would ideal, ideally want to see in the world, that becomes kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a lot more than, um, you know, some people play The Sims so they can lock their sim in a four-walled room with no escape and they piss themselves. Uh, and they yeah. think that is like the height of creativity. It's yeah, and I don't know. Right, it might be. <laughs> it is not. Um, but <laughs> but and some people play The Sims because they want to. They really want to like design their dream home, and they want to have these. They want to be able to have these relationships that they have control over. Hmm. Um, it's really simulating life in a way. I mean, that is what Animal Crossing is. It's a very. It's a different kind of life simulator, but. I mean, what is the, what's part of the anxiety of playing The Sims? It's having enough money for the things you want, having enough money to pay your bills. Yeah. It's like Animal Crossing hits the same notes. It's just it's very cute when it does it. Uh, right. I mean, so which is a great distancing quality. Like, knowing then that, like, this world is not your world, but, like, then also being drawn into it and bringing your own stuff to it and, like, your mm-hmm. own feelings and philosophy to it. Yeah, no, for sure. So it's, it's, I mean, I keep going back to it, you know, um, me saying, oh, I'm, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm done with it is no different than someone who plays an MMO for hundreds of hours. And then is like, I've had my fill. Right. But like then an expansion comes out or a sequel comes out and you go back to it because you had a great time and you really like doing it. It's just at some point, a game without end has to end, you know? Um, and that's, that's the difficulty in Animal Crossing is like, what is your breaking point? Yeah. Um, for me, for the Wii version, I think I played 250 hours. Wow. For the, yeah, for the... Uh, Your breaking point was extremely high. Yeah, well, man, I had a lot of trees to plant. 
Um, <laughs> uh, there it's was a, really a city. Important you point. could. There was a city. You could visit it. You could get your haircut. Um, haircut city. Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of modeled after the Sims idea when, like, the Sims had that expansion where you could go to the city. Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah, like, sure. oh, go here. Go to this restaurant. Go get your haircut. Go buy shoes. Uh, go to the high end. Um, the high end store with the the high end fashion and <laughs> furniture, all the fancy stuff. And you um, buy some of that, right? Sometimes. I mean, some of it was pretty dope because it was like really like had like classic, like really old school, like gothic kind of looks. Oh, to it. And cool. then you're like, you're like, oh, I'm going to turn my house like this room in my house is going to be like a castle, <laughs> you know? So gothic is <laughs> in castles, not as in Bella Lugosi's dead. I mean, no. Okay. Uh, that stuff is also available. I'm pretty sure. Again, I have skull print flooring with a skull radio. That's really cool. Yeah, it just plays metal. It's got a six solo in it. And honestly, can we ask any more of our games than not to have, than to have a six solo? No, no. We really? I mean, that's you correct. Know, that's absolutely know. right. That was the answer I was <laughs> looking for. Uh, why do we? Why do? Why are so many games with a uh, Sakuraba? Sakuraba as the composer popular because the dude writes a six solo. He writes a six solo. It's so good. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find your work again? Uh, they can go to uh, my Patreon. Okay. Um, That's patreon.com slash no cartridge, right? No. <laughs> they can also go to that one. <laughs> um, and then see who Trevor supports. That's yes, that's true. That's actually a good way to find Mark. Uh, but what is your what is your Patreon name, Mark? That's a good question. One that I should have been prepared. Oh, you know what? It's my name. Um, it's patreoncom slash MarkNormandon. Uh, M-A-R-C. Um, you can also go to uh, MarkNormandon.com, and uh, there's an archive of all my posts there. But uh, it also has like if you click, you know, if you're not a Patreon subscriber. It's a one-click thing right there mm-hmm. that'll bring you to where you need to go. So right. it's good stuff. You definitely should subscribe, even if you even if you aren't like a big-time baseball fan. Uh, Mark's work deals with uh, labor and and issues of like you know uh, worker exploitation and the ideas of like what unions should be working for, what they are doing, contract law, all sorts of fun stuff. So like it is, um, it's something that I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast would really like because. Uh, there's a lot there to talk about in terms of like what's going on in current uh, game production studios and things like that. Uh, you know what game uh, what game unions should be working towards and how they should be structuring themselves. I think Mark has a lot to say about that by talking about baseball. So I would absolutely, even if you don't like baseball, which it's weird, um, to check it out. When will Tom Nook buy a baseball team? I, you because know what? Then this I, is really yeah. At he, that point, I have to start wondering. That is when I will defeat him because he's coming into my world. When he has a baseball team, he's become he he has become uh, the Brewers owner to me. The guy who who doesn't spend any money. Uh, <laughs> Bud Selig. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, yes. No, that actually fits because Bud got his money from his family's used car dealership. <laughs> Which is the most Tom Nook ass thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That I have ever heard. I mean, absolutely. Bud Selig is the baseball personality closest to Tom Nook. But I, I would, I would want to, I would wonder who's the, who's the. This is the last. This is the question I'll leave you off with. Who is the general <laughs> manager right now? Who is, uh, who is, um, 
I'm sorry. Who's the general manager right now who's closest to Tom Nook? Who's doing the least? Yeah. Hmm. God, I don't know anymore. My guess is, uh, I'll say the owner that is most like Tom Nook is Jeff Wilpon. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very visible, very visibly doing the least. Yeah, it's great. Um, the, the Wilpons sent out an email uh, congratulating themselves for all the work they've done um, for stadium workers and such uh, nice. during during the pandemic. Um, it was the they sent it out on the same day they laid off like 1300 concessions workers. Oh, why do you think they did that? Yeah, uh, I don't know, because they could. So, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Right, right, right. Extre- and, uh, extremely, I'm doing so much energy while actually doing nothing. We'd love yeah. to we love to AstroTurf our, um, well, not AstroTurf, we'd love to uh, send out a piece of very good news to then uh, somehow break the uh, break the fall of our much worse news. Oh, they didn't mention the bad news. Oh, they good. Was, it was only, they were only talking Important. about all the good they've done. Very good. <laughs> so, yes. They're the most Tom Nook ass owners. Oh, well, Mark, thank you for coming on. Come on again soon. We always love having you here. Of course. Good night. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to. I'm the thimble.